Today on the show, singer-songwriter Angel Snow is here. We talk about dealing with awkward moments as an introvert, working with Alison Krauss, people thinking her name is fake, and so much more on episode 92 of Who Writes This Stuff. Hello. Are we doing it? It's on. We're doing it. Hey, welcome to Who Writes This Stuff. My name is Nick Flora, uh, coming to you... As always, from Nashville, Tennessee, uh, thank you for listening. <clears throat> I'm still got some throat stuff, you guys. Uh, if you listened to the last episode, talked a little bit about being sick. I'm feeling much better. Um, I am dealing with a little bit, of the, a little bit of this. Uh, you know, the aftermath of dealing with, you know, throat stuff is that you have continual throat stuff. So you know, that's really fun to be uh, constantly clearing your throat and coughing and assuring people that you're not <laughs> contagious. Uh, everyone you're around, you're like, I promise I'm not, I just sound like death. I'm not actually death coming to infect you as well. Um, but anyway, I have some shows this weekend uh, in Texas in Dallas and Bernie, which is outside San Antonio. Um, so if you come to those shows and you're in Texas, you come to these shows, I promise you, I might clear my throat a little bit too often, but I'm not sick. And uh, you know, I hope you come to these shows. Uh, so all my Texas peeps, I know I'm not playing all over Texas because um, this was a little bit of a, this, this, these couple shows are just to sort of get back out there. I haven't been on the road much this year, but I have a lot coming up in October and I feel like, uh, you know, you got to get your feet wet somehow. So these shows came about and I'm going to play them. So I hope that you guys uh, come out. And if you're not in Texas, uh, you know people there, spread the word, tell them I'm coming. But um, so Angel Snow's on the show today. Uh, I've known Angel for years, almost the entire time I've been to, in Nashville. We played a show together, um, was, which is, I guess that's where I met her, but uh, years ago, you know, like eight years ago, maybe seven years ago. And I thought she was great then. And I've just continued to sort of be friendly with her and, and, and sort of see her grow as an artist and just, uh, man, really been impressed by her. If you, I think a couple of years ago, her, her self-titled record was on my best of the year last list in like 2012, I think. Um, really fantastic record, um, which you should grab immediately. You'll hear a little bit of it in this episode, but, um, Angel's great. And we've been trying to, to connect and get on, get her on the podcast for a couple of years now, but you know, lives are busy. Lives are busy guys, but it happened. And I'm really glad it did. This was a perfect, um, encapsulation in some ways of what I want this podcast to be, which is, you know, she's just interesting and, and, uh, thought provoking. And, you know, she has this dry wit about her and, uh, just one of those people that you can dive deep with really quick as far as conversation goes. And, uh, it, it makes sense why her songs are so good to be honest. So, uh, we talk about a lot of things, a lot of things that I, I didn't know about old angel snow. And, uh, if you aren't familiar with her, um, then I think you're in for a treat. Even if you are familiar with her, there's, I think there's some things revealed here that she didn't, you may not have uh, known about her. So, um, I'm not going to get into too much of the hubbub. Uh, let's just get right into the episode because, uh, it's a good one. So here's episode 92 with my guest, Angel Snow. <laughs> the back to the future thing is the amazing thing about that it's not just nostalgic like that's like stuff that holds up it's just like a good like it's a story totally that is. holds the test of time. i watched all three a couple weeks ago um 
I what I sometimes I have a side job in Franklin where I'll work every other weekend. Um, just make a little extra cash, and I work with people with mental and physical disabilities. Okay. And um, and so we were just hanging out at the house on a rainy day, and I was with Brenda, who she's schizophrenic and nonverbal, but she uh, needs she 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 can pretty much take care of herself. Like, give herself a bath, and she can dress herself and all those different things. But I just sort of, she doesn't have a driver's license. So I'm there to, like, take her to the park, or we'll go to the grocery, or something right. like that. And then I have to give her her meds. I have to get med certified every year. But um, oh, okay. that's always interesting to me. Um, in psychology is is really interesting. But, um, oh, absolutely. So, that's, so it's really a, cool to have that job, and then music in, in my life. Um, but anyway, we were sitting at the house and watching... TV and watched all three Back to the Futures that morning. I was there from six until two or something like that. Right. I was just like, well, let's just do this. Yeah. This is what we're going to do. Why um, would you do anything else? Right. If it's on. Absolutely. The world has given it to you. It's true. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a little obsessed with that uh, franchise. I just can't believe how good it is. Like, it just makes I me mean, feel a I lot think, of different things. Right. And I think a lot about Steven Spielberg and mm -hmm. like... The ideas that that guy can come yeah. up. I don't know. It's just artists in general. You can just occasionally wake up with this thought that's like, huh, maybe I maybe I could do something with this idea. And then you just turn it into something. And not only that, but like Steven Spielberg is a good example. And there's a lot of people that I'm sort of, the people that I tend to gravitate towards, not that I know personally, but maybe some, he was, he saw, he like will produce all these films Mm -hmm. But n that are amazing, but not put his name on it as like the director. You know, like I feel a lot of people would be like, "Oh, I want all the credit for that." But he, he's just excited about like, "Oh, this is a great idea. I don't have the time for it." Right. So let's just. But I want to see it happen. So I'm gonna put my name on it to make sure. Yeah. This, you know, J.J. Abrams does that a lot now, where he just puts his name on it because he believes in the thing. Absolutely, and it's just like a collaboration between. You need people mm -hmm. to help you, so let's just all get in it and make something cool happen yeah. together. I love, yeah, any any sort of, and I feel like Nashville has a lot of that that I, for a long time, didn't really understand. How I was like, how is this working? Because you just sort of go into music, or I did anyway, thinking that it was this. You just sort of go in as a lone gunman, and like you're, you know, you're out on the trail, yeah. and but like really, like moving here, I was like, oh, you can come home and have this sort of have that collaboration in the studio or writing or, you know, now I have people on the road that I, I can call if I had a bad night or I've just been on the road too long. Yeah. If I'm by myself. Right. I can call people back home or we call, you know, I have friends that I have a constant, you know, communication with through text or whatever. Yeah. And it's like, well, this is amazing. I don't feel, you know, like, I, you know, you feel less alone anyway, anything to make you sort of feel less alone. Absolutely. Know? Because it, it can, I, I remember moving here, um, in 2007 and I didn't know I didn't know anyone I had a few cousins here that were like I had this one uh, my my second cousin who I'd never met before he was in the police academy <laughs> somewhere and um and I knew that they lived here but I and I went over to visit one night and I was just like yeah I'm in Nashville it's good to meet you guys I'm glad that we're so you never met them before I had never met them before no it, my dad grew up in Old Hickory okay. in Tennessee and so um, which is just right so down you the just, road. Yeah, so you just knew that you had relatives. I knew I had relatives, but like, I well, didn't have any kind of connection. Good a time as any to meet them. Absolutely. So that's what I just I just went over to visit one evening, and 
Um, How that was, was that? interesting. Was it awkward? It was a little awkward, but I don't mind those situations. I'm just kind of like, well, we're family. We need to meet. I know it's a little, you know, we don't like to be put out of our comfort zones as humans. Sure, of but course, ever. anyway, I think it's necessary to be put out of your comfort the zone. The older I get, the more I, I sort of... I'm, I'm trying, I've been talking about it on the podcast, but trying to remain present a lot more and mm-hmm. sort of see every situation that I'm in as, as not good or bad, but just what's happening now. Accepting what, yes. Yeah, and, uh-huh. and just sort of surrendering to the idea that like, well, this is potentially uncomfortable, but like at least I'm feel here alive and present to feel the uncomfortability and it will pass. Yeah. You know, it's not, we have this immediate uh, obsession or I should say obsession for immediate, um, just getting rid of any sort of discomfort in right. this day and age. You know, if, if there's something that's minorly annoying and we have to wait for it, there's an app to sort of brush past it or right. whatever. It is. And I'm like, what? you know, not to be like old man, get off my lawn. But no. I, th- I feel like there is v- validity in the being like, oh, this is awkward and uncomfortable. But like, isn't that kind of amazing? It's really amazing. And you just know? to move through it. And then, you, and then yeah. when you can both sort of acknowledge it together it makes a memorable conversation with someone. absolutely yeah i i like being in an awkward moment and talking about how it's awkward yeah <laughs> just defuse it immediately just go ahead and, and be like this yeah, is weird for you too right yes. oh it's not okay well i'll tell you why it was weird for me i'm a socially awkward person i'm sorry uh or I'll, i will make too many jokes or whatever it is until it stops being you know awkward and then so you make too many jokes. See, occasionally I will just sit there and then it's like, this is getting heavier and heavier yeah. without saying anything. Cause it's like, I feel like that's almost a, if I start talking about something that I'm not interested in or not like, I wish I could just tell jokes and that would be better for me, but yeah. I'm a terrible joke. teller. <laughs> but if I started speaking about something that I don't care anything about, then I'm just kind of like, okay, well, I'm then I'm just taking the easy way out here because I don't care anything about what I'm saying to mm-hmm. you right now. I'm just trying to fill up space. Right. So instead, let's just feel how awkward it is for a few minutes and then breathe. And anyway, then you can look at the other individual and then, I don't yeah. know, something just sort of like shifts and you can relax and... And you have to be in the mood. It. You have to be in the mood for that too. You have to be in the you mood. Do it if, yeah. If you're just not in a responsive mood... Like, I know in my head, I'm like, you should be saying something. You should be saying something. They're talking to you. Ask them how that feels. Ask them how long they've done this thing. Yeah. Whatever. And I'm just like, and I just let it die. <laughs> and I'm like, what is inside? I'm like, what is wrong with you? But, but see, letting you it just... die, I have respect for that. I'd rather you let it die. I don't know. I I, I guess there, w- there would be some people that would completely disagree with that. But I'm so fascinated by, by social interaction. I, I have this thought all the time. And maybe this is why I'm an artist, because... I have the weirdest thoughts that people would think are weird, but like I, when I'm in a grocery store or just in a, in a someplace where there's a large gathering of people, maybe not even a large gathering. I just think like we are constantly surrounded by strangers all the time. Just people that I will never know in a lifetime. And we're, you just sort of brush past each other. You do. And you don't even think like I do. I try to like think like, what's this person's life? Yeah. Like, isn't it crazy? That, I think about it when I'm in traffic. Like, all some circumstances brought all of us together. Yeah. What right is that? Now. What are these people's here lives? We yeah, be, we're yeah. all here. Like, and if some apocalyptic thing happened where the grid went down, we would rely on each yes. other. It's an airplane mentality, you too. You would. You would have. And so it's just an interesting thing that we're just constantly, we are the star of our own movie mm-hmm. all the time. And we're moving through life as if we are the star. Number one on the call sheet. You know, we have the best trailer 
all this stuff. But, Absolutely. And then we we allow, we cast other people as our co-stars, you yeah. know? But there are other people who are extras who are starring in their own movie. It's right. just a bizarre thing that we've accepted that we're just like, yeah, we're just constantly going to be around strangers, people who could potentially hurt us, but probably not. But we, you know, we have sensors up. It's very like animalistic, you know? It's yeah. Just, and that's like, I think that's a completely false way of living. And I think that our country has just, we... We're lo- we're missing out on a lot, I think, by caring too much about what it, what other what others think and and um, not letting ourselves be seen. Yeah, think, essentially, you know. Yeah. Um, and I think that's necessary because I feel like most people want us to be to allow ourselves to be seen, so it'll help them. Like I want to see that. Mm-hmm. Please show me who you are, so I'll feel more comfortable to show you who I am. You know. Right. Um. I don't know. That's an interesting thought, like just sitting in traffic and it's bumper to bumper and you look over and this guy's just like listening to his I love it. I love it. He's just in his own world and it's just like, I wonder what he did today. He's in a good mood, it seems. And you look over and this lady's crying or something's going on. Or just like scarfing down a breakfast burrito. Yeah, just stuff in their face. (laughs) A few of my favorite moments in life, like if you just played like... Uh, just a clip reel of like moments of my life. Mm. One of them was I was in traffic last year on the road and I just, there was a car behind me and you know how you can always see them better than they can see you, whatever, you know, you just have a better view after your back window. And there was just a family with like my kids, maybe like five to 12 and the dad was driving and they were laughing so hard. They were crying. All of them. They were laughing so like like somebody had like broken wind or something <laughs> like the, the the level of laughter that the entire like, family was the just, whole family and I was yeah. watching them for about two to three minutes and I started smiling like a big idiot and then I I'm just like so fat I'm like what is it's it was contagious it was completely and I was like I love this I don't yeah. know what it was I have no context for it but like this what a beautiful moment and it was just and then they were gone you know it was just it's just like that yeah and i try to like sort of take little mental snapshots to be like oh man like that's what an amazing i got to witness that maybe yeah. the only person in this traffic and line you that needed got to, to witness, witness that. that to see that it brought joy other people right it brought joy and they were just leaning into it you know oh yeah and, it, and i think that's so difficult sometimes for us to allow ourselves to just lean into it because a lot of times we'll you know, if you're having a moment, it's like, wow, I'm really happy right now. This is really cool. Everything seems to be working out. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. And you, it's just like a moment you want to hold on to. But then suddenly there's like this, there's this mental picture that happens. Like the whole, <laughs> the house is going to explode. Or what happens if someone just crashes into the house right now? I don't yeah. know. It's just Looming like anxiety. It's crazy. <laughs> I know. I. But to catch ourselves when we do that, I think, is is important. And mm-hmm. if you're catching yourself... Then I think the more times that you do that, you can start like rewiring uh, your your mind to yeah. think differently. Coming as you are won't get very far in a moment. She'll know what to do. Feel it deep inside. Hold on to what you find. Can you wait until the sun shines through? Can you wait until the sun shines through? Two feet on the Do you?
Are you a people watcher? Oh, definitely. I'm much. I'm a. I'm an introvert mm -hmm. for sure. Um, and I'm just fascinated with people and the psychology of it all. And like, why, where? I find that most artistic How? people are. And maybe yeah. it's because most of us are introverted, and so it, that's sort of because art is our our way, whether it's performance or otherwise. Like it's our way to sort of communicate. Yeah. Like in how we feel. Yeah, absolutely. Like it's so much easier. That's why like it was sort of a, it was sort of a tricky thing starting a podcast where I talked to musicians because a lot of musicians don't communicate verbally through conversation very well. Yeah. We this we do it through this and through playing piano or singing. You know, like we do it through our art and. So I was like, but I think there is some, I've had really great conversations with, with musicians. So I was like, I really want to try to do this. But I, I've noticed the people watching, they have noticed most artistic people are people watchers. Oh, and, yeah. and, or, or like we can take in, we have that ability to sort of take in a room and take the temperature of a room really easily. Yeah. And I feel like that's, very, that's just a necessity when you're on stage too. It is. And, you, and also I think to be an effective artist or to make the attempt to be an effective artist you have to you have to really pay attention to people to and 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 have compassion too so you can put yourselves so you can put yourself in their shoes mm -hmm. and like Absolutely. huh how do you empathy and really listen to what what's going on like how's it going you know there's so many people in Nashville that I'll run into and it's a it's a really important part of you know songwriting for me personally and to really like find the right melody it's just like oh my god okay yeah i totally feel you that must have been really hard let me see if i can figure this out you know so yeah storytelling Absolutely. it's all about empathy i think yeah I've, I've seen just a person sitting alone at a restaurant and made up an entire backstory and then turned that into a song you know yeah. what i mean it's just it's just the weirdest sort of thing and or even and even turning it into like a song that is first person. Yeah. You know, and people are like, oh, when did you do that? What was this thing? I'm like, oh, it's not me, but you know, it's for whatever reason. It isn't. There is sort of like a. I don't think I've ever met an art like a really good art. I mean, whatever good art, uh, but an artistic person or a creative person that doesn't have those sort of antenna up and the feelers out, oh, whether yeah. they know it or not, whether they know they're doing it or not. Right. What are you doing now? You said you're in the studio. I'm in the studio. I'm writing a lot. I'm traveling. I'm living the dream. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> I've been a little under the radar um, for a bit. Just needed that time, I think. Um, uh, yeah. And just getting ready to release something hopefully later this fall. But Is it, it a, 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 a big something? It or was going to be an EP or, yeah. and then it turned into a full length. And so yeah. I'm still just experimenting and. Um, it's been a really fun process, but I've also been exploring other areas of my life and, and just incorporating that into, um, into my little world. Mm -hmm. Um, do you have to make time to not just do music stuff yes. all the time? Do you have yes, to be like, I you know do. what? I need to live a life so I have something to sing about. I have to, I have to. How do you do For that? Me personally. Do you, I, are you deliberate about it? N well, I sort of just, I, I'm somewhat of a drifter, I suppose. Um, and it's just relationships mean so much to me and, and just sitting and having a conversation that, that, uh, that really sets the tone for me, um, when it comes to songwriting and creativity, but I really have to take in a certain amount of life to put myself into the creative process. 100%. Mm -hmm. I think. 
Um, and it's taken a while. And I mean, you know, immediately after I released that last record, I started writing and and I knew the direction that I wanted to go in. I thought that I did, but then I was just like, no, maybe that's not what I want to do. I kind of want to do something a little bit more on the rock alternative electronic sound. I wanted to do something like that. And then I just started experimenting with, with producers and, and, and just, I mean, I've been writing constantly. I mean, I always, I always have a journal. Right, I always you? have something okay. that I'm, that I'm writing short stories and, and, oh. um, poetry. And I mean, it's not just all about songwriting and I'm not a big co-writer. Yeah, I know, even either. though there's, there's several songs on this ne- next record that have been co-writes, um, but not, not the majority um, but yeah, it's just different for me, and I really need that space um, to just walk the planet and and experience things. Mm-hmm. And it's just taken a while. It's you know, I, I've I've talked to a few artists in town that are that are just so motivated just to continue to to release to release EPs, to release yeah. CDs, to stay on the road. To like continue. a business plan. It's true. And <laughs> I just, I, I don't think that I'm that kind of person. Um, I have other things that I, that I'm out doing. Yeah. Um, which I think is good. It means you're living a life. Cause I mean, I've, sometimes I, I see, cause I have friends like that, that I'm just envious of when I'm in business mode. I'm like, how do they even do, you know, they went to school for a lot of that sort of small business marketing, yeah. whatever. And they're really great at it. Graphic design, all the stuff that I'm, I'll be envious of, but then, you know, not passing judgment, but like, I feel like, cause they can be, but I was like, I don't really see that they do anything else. You know, when we hang out, like that's all we talk about. And I'm like, yeah, but what else is, what's going on with you? Like yeah. not you, the brand, but you, the person. Absolutely. And it, a lot of times it's hard for them to answer that question. Yeah. Cause it's just all wrapped up. And I understand cause being an independent artist, you could just do it all day yeah. long. Think about, you know, just up, you check your phone, you get into emails yep. all day. Just, it, you know, and, and bef- constantly before you know it, you're like five yeah. years in and you're like, oh, yeah, I used to have like friends and like do interesting things. Yeah. Like, you know, nobody wants a, I say this on the podcast all the time, but nobody wants a record full of songs about being an artist or, you know what I mean? Like, I know that's not I very don't. relatable. No, no, I don't either. I want to, I want to hear about real things mm-hmm. and real experiences and real heartbreak and real, um, difficulty. I, I don't yeah. know. It, it, the empathy thing I think is, is really important. Yeah. Um, and that's how I can relate to an artist is just to really feel what they might've gone through during that period, whatever yeah. period that, that's why like albums, I always go back to Adele's 21, but like that album is like, she wrote a whole album about one thing basically. Yeah. <laughs> and it's so incredibly powerful. Yeah. Even now, like I will, I won't listen to it for like a year and then I'll put it on. I'm just like, this album one is One simple killer. human thing, but yeah. it must've made one, such a huge impact on her. Absolutely. That she, you know what? I've got all of these songs and I'm going to. And the ballsiest, about, the ballsiest thing she did yeah. was, was just be like, no, like a producer could be like, mm. We got it. Like maybe two songs, but she made the whole record about this period in her life. Yeah, and it's amazing. Like, what was I, the period in her life? I haven't. She done just the went through this really like, and she was like on the about to get married, and you know, and went through this intense breakup, and it was like all within the span of like maybe two years or something. Yeah, and she's just like, I'm going to chronicle every single emotion that I had during that time, and so half of that, you know, some of that record, most of it is like. I mean, it's amazing. Like, it really does go from, uh, fine, get out of here. I don't need you. I'm gonna be great without you. To, I am a psy- I am a psycho stalker. Yeah. I am. I cannot 
you know, I can't live a life without knowing what you're doing all the time and seeing mm-hmm. what your new life is. And then to, to, you know, it just ebbs and flows. It goes all over the place. Yeah. And I'm like, what an amazing, bold move to just be like, I'm going to make a whole thing about this, you know. And it was a lot of it's sad and Just diving right in, right. Yeah. But that's what people relate to the most. That's what inspires people. Mm -hmm. They want to know what... What's going on? Warts what are all, you going too. through? Right. I've been I've, trying to do that more. Be like, no, I, if I come off like sort of insecure and needy in, in something, we're... You know, I, if you I come am. off that way, then I'd like to know that you actually are and own that, please. Yeah, yeah. Because that's going to make an impact in my life to know that you are comfortable enough to just be that. Yeah. Well, I mean, vulnerability is, is, is so crucial, you know, and I think that's really what I've, what I've been searching for over these last two years and really... Um, since that last record. And, you know, it's interesting when you release something and then there's some hype around it and you're excited and it's, and then you have these expectations and, and, and then you're surrounded with people that are, that, that seem to be really good friends and you trust them. And then, and then things start to just sort of wane down a little bit and then real life starts to happen again. And, and then you find yourself thinking about, other things it's like oh my god i forgot about who i was mm-hmm. who am i oh mm-hmm. my god there i am you know and sometimes it takes a while to get back to that and i think that's where that's where i've been i want to run away don't come out looking round too busy dealing with it on my own he's right behind me please god i can't be found don't cast another stone Fill out the night until the sun rises. The city tells me not to go till dawn. And if he wakes, that's when my heart breaks. And I'm as good as gone. I do a lie awake now when I know I've got to be moving on. Where did you grow up? Um, I grew up in a small town called Chickamauga, Georgia, which is about 20 minutes south of Chattanooga, right on the border. Oh, okay, okay. Because mm-hmm. uh, you don't sound like you're from Georgia. <laughs> I've moved around a lot. I, okay. As soon as I graduated, I... Uh, what did I do? I went to Yellowstone National Park. I worked out there for six really? months. Uh-huh. What'd I loved you do out it there? out there. I was a server. Okay. Um... Yeah, I mean, we like Yellowstone, I did a lot of hiking. Oh yeah, we wow. were hi- we went hiking. We we were camping. We were, my hair was all long and knotted up, <laughs> and um, uh, hiked to Grand Tetons, and and um, it was an amazing experience. And then I went back the following summer and did the same thing. And then I worked in Yosemite National Park in, um, in California, and I love Northern California so much. Yeah. Um, and I lived in Philadelphia for a while. <laughs> I moved in with some friends that I made while working in Yellowstone that second summer. Uh-huh. Just moved in. Just on that. a whim? Yeah, basically. I was living in Chattanooga and I I, I was just uh I was partying a lot and, and experimenting with, with drugs and alcohol mm-hmm. <laughs> and um 
And I knew that wasn't really what I needed to be doing. That was when all that was when I really knew that I wanted to pursue music. Really? Mm-hmm. Was during those very dark times of like, yeah. well, who am I? What am I doing? Yeah. Um. <laughs> so I knew I needed to do something. So I, I, and I was also in love, and I knew the relationship wasn't going to work. So. I needed to just get out of there altogether. So I moved in with them and slept on their sofa for a few months and then got an apartment in Maniunk, which okay. is right up from Philadelphia. And uh, it was the dead of winter. It was a <laughs> dark times, but it I wrote a, a lot. I wrote oh, I a bet. lot of songs. Um, and wrote my first record while living there, Fortune wow. Tellers. That was released in 2007, I believe. Uh, yeah, the year I moved here. So. Mm. And what brought you here? Um, did you, you said you didn't know anybody. I did. Well, okay. I did know one person. That was the guy that I, um, who, that I was involved with at the time and he lived Mm. here and, um, and he was a wonderful person, but, um, it it didn't end up working out between us, but, um, he was essentially the motivation for me to get here. Um, and then we broke up and then I had more writing material from that for sure. Um, and living in, in, uh, Sylvan Park. Uh, broken heart and there you go that's a song and no (laughs) and knowing no one in the industry well there you know i didn't i never had that motivation uh to go and like knock on doors labels and go find the right manager i'm gonna find that's never been me (laughs) right i moved here with just a bunch of songs and a guitar and and you know those are the times that you really those really raw like emotional like growing pains and trying to figure out who you are and what you're doing and then taking this huge risk um and just following your dream it's uh it's really that is so hard to do and i've realized just how hard most people don't do it no most people don't do Mm -hmm. it they will never do it my parents were were reluctant you know to be supportive but then Mm. But then they knew I wasn't going to stop. They knew I was going to continue. I was just like, I don't know what I'm doing, Mom. I just know that I have these <laughs> songs written. And right. I've got to go see what I can do. But you had, had you performed and played other places? I had, yeah, in Chattanooga. I mean, I got my start in Chattanooga. Okay, so you've been, you, it wasn't like your first time on stage was here or anything. You People had no. seen you perform and clearly... It was not, I never really had like official shows before Nashville. I... In high school, I started, you know, I um, won a talent competition in high school and I knew that there was something, you know, yeah, I could do something. And I wrote my first uh, song, which was, it started out as a poem, then I added a melody to it when I was in third grade. So I knew that I could write. Wow, interesting. I knew that I had something. Yeah. And so, and then, and then uh, after I graduated, I, I, Played around Chattanooga a bit, and then you know in Yellowstone, I, we were all playing and just a little around the fire. Of course, um, it was such a blast. But those were such amazing times. I feel like and, th- that's the most important time in any, especially musicians or singer songwriter or whatever. Uh, life is the time when there's no pressure on the stuff. Like getting around. Like I remember getting together with friends just to share songs, and there was no sort of agenda to punch up the song or like they just wanted to hear what because we were just interested in what we were all doing and yeah. we would just yeah we would just get together and jam which now sounds terrible i don't really want to do that um but <laughs> so no please no, nobody asked me to jam are so important so important like i people always 
sort of laugh at what I say, but like most of my major influences are like my friends, like my people that I know yeah. personally. And we had those moments because, you know, things just click in your brain like, oh, you know, whether it's, oh, you can do that in a song because you hear somebody else do it or whatever it is. But there, there's the intimate connection. Yeah. And there's no pressure to be like, oh, where's this going to fit on a record? You're just No, creating. and I think, I think that even now you've got to pay attention to that because people will tell you all the time, no, you don't need to do that because uh, the bridge just doesn't, it's not, I'm not feeling it. I don't know. Yeah. And it's like, no, I don't think that you know either. Yeah. I think that we should just let it be. And, you know, um, it just goes back to remembering who you are remembering what you were created to do mm-hmm. and remembering just not forgetting that um is is crucial i think to even staying or maintaining some kind of art you've got that's what you have to continue to go back to every time because if you if you start get if you have a little bit of success here and there and then you allow that to you um find yourself image in mm-hmm. that or you're getting it all misconstrued. Mm. Um, Defining yourself just from a big moment in your life. You can't do that. And I don't think you can define yourself through your lowest moment either. There's no... Right. You can't can't take it to heart. You know what I mean? Mm. You just have to learn to understand what it is, accept that, and then then pick yourself back up and, and write about it. Mama told me not to take what's given Just try to survive So don't judge me for the life I'm living At least I'm still alive What were oh. your parents? What are your parents like? My mom is so sweet. She's got a very dry sense of humor. She was a very beloved uh, school teacher, um, and she's hilarious. And she's super southern. And she's from South Georgia. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, she's she loves to fish, and she loves her husband, and she's just a pre- very present person. She's yeah, never, uh, she's delightful. Uh, my dad was a politician, um, a fierce one, uh, politician that for the, yeah. And defeated for 24 years. Um, state representative. Wow. Um, yeah. So we, my brothers and I, you know, really got to, to see what the spotlight was like during, during that period. Um, wow. Yeah. It wasn't really an easy, it wasn't easy for us, um, for our family, but I don't know. He seemed to to um, succeed. Um, yeah. So my mom was prepared to name me Daisy mm-hmm. because that was my great aunt's name. And then my brother Jonas, who was five at the time, uh, 
decided that Angel would be. My you were named by your brother. My brother, yeah. <laughs> and I think it took it took a little while before they had a name for me. So it was just like, go get the baby. She's right. in the back room. Whatever. Right. I don't know why I go into this yeah, English what? accent mode. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, I didn't have a name for it for a few days, and then Angel sort of. It's like yeah, that works. Yeah. I feel like with a name like that, you it's almost like you're predestined to do something. I don't know what that is. Yeah. But you know, you know, sometimes you hear somebody's name and you're like, oh, of course that guy is making right. making changes in the world or you know making forging his way through whatever company because some people just have names where you're like, oh, that's a great name. Mate, you know, I don't know. It throughout elementary and high school, it was never really brought up. Really? And then once I moved to Nashville, it was sort of like, your name's Angel Snow. I, I don't believe you. I need to see your Yeah, well, that's the thing. It, yeah, that's why I asked. Yeah. <laughs> it was just never... I, I assumed it was. Yeah. Because uh, you're a very authentic person from what I know about you. So that's also the thing. Like we, uh, I don't know you very well, but I know you. Yeah. Like I think we played a show together a while back, maybe at the five spot. I don't yeah. know if you have this memory at all. That must have been... Like... What was that? 2008, maybe. Okay. Because okay. it was right after I moved here. I moved here in 07 as well. Okay, right. So it must have been 07, 08. And I remember even thinking like, oh, that's a stage name. And then it, it was. Oh, or, yeah, most you know, people think that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then uh, and then we hung out a couple years ago at Hannah Miller at mm -hmm. her place when she lived out here, yeah. uh, actually. And she she just came back on the podcast and she was like, I haven't been over here since <laughs> like they lived over here. But uh, and that was that was an amazing night for me, too, because I really I. It was you and like Emily Deloach and John Trost. And there's like a handful of people that like I sort yeah. of knew that like I, that's the first time that I really got to like sit down and talk and we were just around, literally around a campfire. Yeah. And then it just turned into like hey, a jam session a inside. Night. Do you remember that at yes, all? Okay. I do. Yeah. And then, and then, so I just knew, I was like, oh yeah, you're a person that I knew. And then that last record came out and it was like the best thing I'd ever heard. Oh, it's amazing. Thank you so much. It's incredible. And I, it was just one of those things where like I have all my, you know, my, my sort of group community and, and we were all sort of like, have you heard this angel snow record? Cause it's, it's <laughs> unbelievable. Uh, oh, thank you. and so I, I think that's when I started reaching out. I was like, you got to come on it. Cause I have to talk to you about this. And yeah. it just took a while, but, uh, we've been trying to do, yeah, for like a couple of years, it, yeah. I think it dropped off and I was like, I need to, cause that record comes in rotation for me. It's a very sort of, for me, it's like a fall winter feel well you know it, it it's based around my aunt and her death my mom's really? twin my aunt Joyce she who I was extremely close to my dad was out of town a lot when we were growing up so wasn't really present mm -hmm. too often but my my mom and my aunt were so close so she essentially was my second mother oh, wow. and I was so close to her and so that was my first time really dealing with uh seeing someone just so vibrant and inspirational and then seeing them go through this process of seven years dealing with cancer and, and um, chemo and radiation mm. and going to Texas and going back to Atlanta and coming to uh, Vanderbilt and, and trying all of the, the drugs. And I don't know, it was just, um, it was, it was such a process. Um, and seeing seeing this firsthand um and then and then just seeing this beautiful person um go from life and 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 passing um so that that made a huge impact on my life and yeah. 
And um, and this was around the time that I met Victor Kraus, and um, he and I just started writing. And um, that was such, I was in such a vulnerable space and just insecure and not feeling. Um, I mean, I think it's all, I mean, for me, I have to be going through like a really insecure, vulnerable time to really get uh, underneath all the layers and then really find those lyrics that are... That so you are, write when you're in it. I have to. I have to. I have to be willing to go to that space. And that's that's basically where, where I've been over these last two years is just really exploring, finding mm. that space within me. Um, because I knew I couldn't release anything that I... that uh, where I couldn't go to that place. Yeah. I think it's necessary. For me, personally, I don't know about anybody else, but I have to sort of wait for that time yeah well that um, makes sense because you're you're those songs especially but all of your music that i've heard it does that it cuts to the core it sort of weeds out any sort of you know like bullcrap it just kind of like gets to i yeah and i, I have to i'm i have to do that and i think that um uh we wrote this song um it's called these days and that was really Alison Krauss ended up covering that song. Um, uh, that was about her. And then Windows Open was about her. And wow. As You Are was about her. And yeah. As You Are is essentially about uh, how quick we're just here and then gone. You know, and, and, and I just remember the day after her funeral, I was just like, huh, the world just continues to move. And this person that changed my entire existence is gone. And so it was it was just a really really meaningful powerful time. These days that I got I can't be what I'm not sacrifices I made for you. And one mistake can go on this road let's travel on on a way to somewhere and will you miss me when I'm gone I don't know where do I be That's the way that I want to make music, and I think there there have been times in my life where I've where I've got where I've gotten that confused, and I think it was more about my ego for for a while when it never was before. But then I think once we get into this industry in Nashville, it's so easy to get wrapped up and sure in um, compliments, and and then you <laughs> believe these things, and and then you know, but then you have to realize you've got to be brought back to yourself. You've got to remember who you, that's what I mean by you've got to remember who you are and who you were created to be. Sure. And, uh, I'm, I can't make music to stay relevant. I have to make it so I can relate to people on a personal level. It's gotta be about that. It can't be about anything else. And I almost wish that I could just write about anything else. 
Yeah. I wish I could because that would probably be easier. I'd probably be making a lot more money. I'd probably be, I don't know where I would be. I'm, I don't know. But I'm right be, where I'm supposed to be. You wouldn't be true to yourself though. I wouldn't be. And I didn't realize. There would be a void, you know? I believe it would be. And I would rather live, I would rather live my life um, without having to worry about that void than, um, yeah, it, it's better to not have the void for me. How did you get connected with with Victor Krauss? How did in Allison and all that? How did it, how that even? Well, come I to was be? actually um, nannying for a friend, uh, Nancy, my friend Nancy, and and she had three, uh, two two boys and a girl, triplets, and um, and uh, I met her, um, that summer. I guess that was what two thousand nine. Mm-hmm. And um, and she just asked if I wanted to help out during the school year, a couple of days a week. So I was just helping her with them, picking them up from school. Right. And I knew that she was friends with Allison, but it was never my intention to. Hey, Nancy, why don't you, you know, see what Allison's up to, get yeah. the record or something. Yeah. And this was around the time I think she and Robert Plant had just gotten off the road. Okay. Uh, for raising sand. Yeah. And um, incredible record. Absolutely. But it was just never in my. Like that's another thing. It's it's just never been in me to go and knock on doors and trying to chase down this thing, um, you know. Which that's worked for some people. For me, I sure. I don't have it. Um, but uh, Allison actually ended up stopping by one afternoon when I happened to be there at Nancy's house, and uh, she was exhausted. I remember, and uh, Nancy introduced us, and um, and I was just struck, starstruck. For a few minutes, and yeah. then I realized, oh, she's a human being. <laughs> she's real. She's a real person. Um, and so we just started this conversation, and then, and then Nancy's like, "Yeah, Angel's a singer songwriter in town too." And so Allison's like, "Really? You are?" And um, I was like, "Yes, I actually have a CD on me. I uh, have a website. I have all of those things." And she's like, "Oh, great! Can I have a CD?" And I gave her my first record, Fortune Tellers, and and I just remember. Her leaving that day, and you know what? This was also around the time where I'd already been in Nashville for three years, and I wanted to go explore, and um, uh, I wanted to teach English in South Korea, so um, I was already looking into that and going to the classes and everything, and then I was just going to come back to Nashville eventually, but I was just like, well, I'm going to go and do that for a second. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I don't know. just thought it would be yeah. interesting, and and then it was around that time that I met her, and then... Um, Anyway, I don't know if that was necessary to throw that in there just now, but uh, <laughs> no, you're good. But we were, yeah. So I gave her the record, and then I remember her leaving, and then, um, and then she, and then I just remember thinking, "Wow, that was so awesome that I was able to give Allison Krauss my record." If anything, if anything, that was such a cool moment. So I'm going to leave it at that. Yeah. And be peaceful. No need to put pressure on anything. No pressure. Just like, what a cool. Zero pressure. The, the, the universe brought you guys so in the naturally. same place. Right. And so, and then um, two hours later, she called me and she said, Angel, I've been listening to the CD and I love these songs. Um, I no. want to sing these songs. No. I'm like, she's telling me this over the phone when I'm driving. <laughs> so I almost wrecked sure. the vehicle. Um <laughs> and I'm trying to keep it cool. And I'm like, you know, uh, yeah, well, thank you. Thanks for calling, Allison. You can have all the songs. Thank you for calling me. You can do whatever you want. Um, but then she's like, well, why do, can you just come over tomorrow and we can talk? Um, because I'm sort of in this process of, of, of 
uh, of this new record that for Union Station. I'd love to talk to you about these songs, and I'm just like about to. Yeah. Oh, so anyway, I was like, yeah, of course I can stop by tomorrow. Allison Krauss, <laughs> no problem. I will come by your yeah. house. Yeah. Uh, when three hours ago I did, you didn't know me, and now I'm going to your house. Right. <laughs> I mean, that's just that's the kind of stuff that I feel like. That's been my life this far, has been moments like that. It hasn't been from a manager. It hasn't been mm-hmm. from a label making any dream. It hasn't well, been... It means more that way, too. It mean, It's more earnest if it's just, oh, this happened, you know, naturally and the way it was supposed to. The way it was supposed to. And then we don't have to beat ourselves up about not being at a certain party or not being at the right place. You've just got to trust, as long as you're writing and you're pursuing the best of your ability mm-hmm. and you're getting out there and doing what you need to do. And then you can just rest at the end of the day. You will be led and you will be shown what needs to be seen and you will make the connections that you need. I, I and, and I, and I think that I, I really have to trust that. And that's what happens with her. Um, and I think that we both felt equally as blessed to meet each other. And it was just a really special yeah. situation. And then I met, and then she introduced me to Victor a couple of weeks later. And then Victor and I wrote, the song "Lie Awake" um, mm-hmm. on our first meeting, so good. and and uh, yeah, and they ended up covering that song. Oh, well. really? Mm-hmm. That's awesome. What a that's why I love you know, and what you said about like, oh, she's just a person. Like I get that every time I see somebody like that in town, yeah. like Patty Griffin or whoever, somebody that I'm just like, they are a giant to me. I see them and I'm just like, oh yeah, they're just eating a donut they or whatever the you donut know like 329 <laughs> exactly yeah. you know they had their i don't know what it is i like that like a lot of people don't want to meet the heroes because they like having them sort of being this deity yeah or this figure on their mount rushmore or whatever and i'm i like knowing that they're just a dude or you know they're just this lady going grocery shopping or whatever like exactly. I, i'm like oh it, it and they've had some great moments in their life and they've had sure. they've, but they've also had moments like you and i have had that are really not great and and uh and we don't really hear about those mm, and i no. think that it's i think it's crucial for us to it's not very pr friendly it's not pr friendly they don't want to yeah. know about no. the difficult time that it, you they're like they're, they're man all their people are like just put it in your songs but like veil it under like three metaphors yeah we want to keep you looking cool and <laughs> right. together i've had That's people on this want. podcast who who come on who i have that feeling about at the beginning and at the end of, they just share some really like yeah deep truths about themselves and i'm like this is amazing like what an amazing experience to you know because often there is a lot of i guess in most interviews a lot of fluff and there's like the five talking points and then we're out. And yeah. that's why like, I was like, I want to have a long conversation about what is going on and who you are and, you know, get to know people better. But I think that that's maybe. Those are the reasons why I listen to podcasts is I want to hear the truth. Me too. Anytime I want to get see, to as much truth as I. Anytime I see like somebody on a podcast that I know or like I'm familiar with and, and I see that it's like 90 minutes, I'm like, oh, like it's like, yeah. it's like a, a piece of cake that you savor every sliver of, you yeah. know? Yeah. Right. <laughs> Yeah. And that's how we should, I think that's how we should attempt to live our lives too, is just really. Absolutely. Trying to, working the best that we can to stay present. And. He and says as he grabs his phone. Uh, <laughs> or, no, no, no. I've, I've, I have questions I ask at the end. Yes. I just want to make sure that I, I got to them. Uh, I always throw in, there's, I, I'm, I'm, I say this every podcast, but I'm always driving around. You know how you drive around or you're just going through life and you make little notes for songs. Okay. I've started to do that for the podcast now where I'm like, I don't know who's going to be on next, but I write down like, oh, this might be interesting to ask yeah. somebody. So, um, 
I'm going to see. What's the worst trouble you got in as a kid? The worst trouble. Mm-hmm. Oh, when I was, okay, uh, 15, um, my parents were out of town. That was around the time my parents got divorced. Mm-hmm. So my mom was always out of town and my dad lived in Atlanta at the time. And I would throw parties. Um, I was the kid that threw the parties. Really? Um, mm-hmm. I was Snow. after the after She's got the party. Our little small school um after the football games on Friday night if my mom was going out of town I would um just throw a party. And I lived I lived sort of out in the middle of nowhere so everybody would just drive up and Free park of noise on ordinance, the, it no was. parking problems. Sw- yeah, it was we had such a blast. And then I remember Derek Deems. He was the um, Derek. He was the uh the <laughs> quarterback or whatever and he stood at the top of our stairs with a beer and we had a keg and everything. I mean, is that okay? I said, yeah, I guess you can say whatever you want. We were all underage. We were, but you know, um, we all did it. But we got, we didn't, we'd never really got in trouble. But this one time, uh, a friend of mine's mom followed her daughter and her friends this one night to see where they were going and, and then followed her to my house. And oh, then busted. her mom called the police on the way to get her daughter. Mm-hmm. from my house and um and i think that we had all already been just playing music and drinking <laughs> yeah yeah i was probably 16 i don't want to say i was 15 that's super young God. that is super young um <laughs> so yeah the police came we were all downstairs in the basement and um and some of the guys ran out in the woods and hid yeah that was hilarious one guy jumped in our pond we have a pond in the backyard one guy jumped in the pond. What, what was the end game there? I mean, <laughs> I'm going to hold my know. breath. Until <laughs> right. I mean, just escaping. Escaping Angel Snow's party. Oh, kids are so funny. Yeah, but they called my dad. Uh, the, the police did. And, 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 and so I had to talk to my dad on the phone. And dad was like, what are you doing? Why'd you do this? What's yeah. going on? And, and anyway, he, luckily he was still uh, state representative at the time and knew the, the police officers. So See, that could go, go either way. That could either be bad for him because of the PR or it could I be know. good because he could slide it under the rug and be like, don't worry about it. Right. <laughs> anyway, we got we were fine. They didn't arrest any of us, but we had to call. We had to, uh, They every kid there had to call their parents and tell them to come. That's worse them. than being arrested. Yeah. <laughs> I've, there was definitely a couple of times in my, around that time where I had to call my, like the police were like, Call your parents and tell them what you did. I'm like, yeah. do I have to? Can we just ignore I this? Know, I'm scared enough feeling. that I'm talking to a police officer. Can I just let that be the, you know, right? The crime that could be the punishment <laughs> of this ridiculousness, small town blunder. That, yes. So was that who you were in high school? Were you? Were you? I was sort of. I was still sort of more of an introverted type, but I had a group of friends, um, and I just started learning to play guitar and was in the talent show, but I didn't. I wasn't really in the popular group or anything, but it was, I guess maybe that was my way of, of, uh, having friends. Right. I just took advantage of the fact that my parents were out of town and I sort of wanted to get back at them maybe for getting a divorce or something. Sure. Yeah. There's probably a lot of that. <laughs> yeah. We worked out so in I therapy. Was like, Whatever. And so I was the, yeah, I was just like, let's go to this girl Angel's house and <laughs> take advantage of the space and yeah we played music we had a blast you know it wasn't ever like a crazy the, the kids were we had a we had a good time yeah um but i think today it's a little different i suppose but anyway I mean, i'm sure it still happens it's just a little bit more yeah 
I feel like in some ways kids are smarter now, but in other ways they're just as dumb as we were. Absolutely. <laughs> Thinking they're going to live forever and never get busted. I'm like right. well, no. We got busted, buddy. Yeah. yeah. Good uh, luck with that. I always wrap up the podcast by asking a series of lightning round questions. Okay. Um, there are no, there's no need for a, a lightning fast answer to any of these. I don't know why. They're very non sequitur. I don't know why they're lightning round questions. Yes or no? Um, no, you're going to have to go in a little bit more depth than <laughs> yes or no. Okay. Uh, do you have a surprising musical influence? Or non-musical. I'll take surprising either. Surprising musical influence. Somebody um, heard, if, if you said, yeah, I'm influenced by this person, people would just be like, in listening to your music, and be like, what? Well, I mean, it's, um, the, Run DMC. the Pointer Sisters, didn't they sing that song, Jump? Yeah, they did. That was my favorite For my song love. when I was, yeah. So good. I, um, every time I hear that song to this day, <laughs> it's, uh, I just have this urge of, I don't know. Yeah, as soon just as it a, comes on, like jump yeah. up and dance. That's a great jump song. for my love. Jump in, jump in. Oh, you should cover that jump song. Jump in. Why don't you cover that song? You should cover Maybe it. I will. The, I would love an angel snow treatment. <laughs> yeah. Jump for my love by the Pointer Sisters. Because that's a great song. Yeah. There's a lot of those. I like, remember. Yeah, my dad used to play it in the, on the, in the cassette tape player in the car, and I would just get him to rewind it yeah. every time. And, I just loved that song. There's a lot of those 80s yeah. songs that, that are they were sort of just completely doused in production. Yeah. That if you strip it away and like that, the songs are actually really good. Yeah, I think so. And I mean, I still have an affinity for the production too because it sounds like my childhood, but there is there is an element of like, oh, if you take this away, because Clem Snide did that with, he did like a- I love Clem Snide. He did a bunch of covers of like, he did like an EP of just Journey covers. Yeah. You know, have you heard this? I haven't. You have to I look it up. It's, it's on iTunes. It's amazing. And he just did it. Uh, it's just him and ukulele for the most of it. Oh wow! And it's unbelievable. And he's playing, you know, like faithfully in these songs. It sound they make they make me cry to hear him sing because they're so intimate and personal. But then you watch the actual video, you know, Journey playing it. Yeah. And it's just this massive stadium. But like if you break, you know, it's just the power of a song in the context oh, you put it in. Yes. But yes. it's amazing. Uh, oh, my phone went out. Uh, here's a big one. What do you associate with the name Keith? Keith. Was there a Keith at one of those parties? I just thought about Kiefer Sutherland, but <laughs> his name's that's Kiefer. Kiefer. <laughs> Keith. Keith. Um, I think of Keith Graham, who was my uh, high school crush. Um, Love it. My brother's really good friend, Keith Graham. Keith Graham, shout out. Uh huh. Oh, There's been man. a lot of hometown shout outs on this one. Right? What? We're going right back to it. <laughs> I love it. I love the name Keith. I always have to explain it, but I I, I think it's such a funny time-stamped name. Yeah. Like, you don't see a lot of baby Keiths running around. No, you don't. It'll I come think about back. that often. It'll whenever I hear whenever I meet someone that has a really sophisticated sounding name, I'm like, when they called you that as a baby, like yeah. did they shorten it? I know. Or did they just say, you know, <laughs> go get Poindexter out of the bed? You know, that's I don't know. <laughs> Poindexter is the perfect example. Like, who, yeah, baby Poindexter. Yeah, what do you what do you call that oh, kid? Dex. Dex. E oh, that's great. That's Dexy. Cute. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah. yeah, I think I think. Well, I love it when when I hear a name and I'm like, "Where's that name been?" You know, right. especially with like older older men. Now it's kind of in vogue to name your kid like an old man name, but like you know, you talk to a lot of forty year olds. There, there's a lot of forty year olds out there named Keith because it was very very popular. <laughs> uh, okay, here's a big one. Also, okay, <laughs> none of these are big. <laughs> Backing into parking spots. Convenient or annoying? Um, I'm indifferent. I like oh. backing into parking spot. I like the challenge of it. When you're doing it. Yes. When other people are doing it, 
Does it annoy you? Like, listen, just pull in. I mean, you're, you're stopping everybody's day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it can be annoying. I'm anti pull into parking spots. I don't like it. No, I spend a lot of time on the road, and so I get annoyed. I all I'd say ninety five percent of my pet peeves are are driving related. Really? <laughs> yeah, I get so I'm like a stickler when it comes to this stuff. But they don't apply. But they don't apply to me. I'm, right, not his, you. You're no. the only real because I know the rules. But that is so that means I don't have to follow them. Yeah, like that's that's I wasn't a teacher's pet, but I wanted to be growing up, like whether it was in church or with my parents or whatever. I wanted to be I wanted to be absconded from the law. I was like, Nick knows the rules, so he can do whatever he wants. Leave him alone, <laughs> everybody. I wanted to be so badly. I wanted to be like, like you know, the teacher yelling at everybody and look at me and wink and be like, not you. Never right. happened. But like uh, you know, but whenever that would happen. It was the greatest. Right. You were, yeah, you were the, the, you the main job. character. In I your wanted own to be movie, special. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm the main, I'm the, exactly. Thank you. Yes. Uh, <laughs> what, have you ever shoplifted? I actually did. When I was in fourth grade, I stole some lip smackers from Kmart. It was worth it, though, wasn't it? I <laughs> lip smackers. Come on. I think it was the thrill of success, I think, was. So you got away with it. I did. But I never did it again. I don't I, think. I had buddies in Maybe college. Maybe a piece of gum or something. I had buddies in college who would go and they were like youth pastors and stuff, and they would go and steal toiletries because they're just like, they, we shouldn't have to pay for this. And I'm like, well, you could apply that. That's failed logic. We shouldn't have to pay for that. <laughs> yeah, we should, I, why am I going to pay for That's shaving cream? Funny. I have to shave. I'm like, no, you don't. But there was a, you know, I'm not going to pay for shampoo. They give it away at hotels. Why don't they get? I was like, well, you pay for it with the yeah. room. It was flawed logic. It was flawed twenty-one-year-old logic. I'm like, you just yeah. want to be a rebel. Uh, I don't know. I, I have a couple new ones. I don't want to. I don't know which one to to ask first. Uh, what's your first memory of the internet? That that's a big one. My friend Danielle Odding's house. She was her parents got it way before anybody else. It seems like. And we would do the chat room and like chat with people. And I thought I that remember. was the coolest thing ever. This person's, they could be around the world. Yeah. And just the response was just so. You remember ASL? ASL, right. Age, sex, location? Oh. Where uh, are you from? That's the first thing you'd say to people is ASL. What's your age, sex, location? Okay, yeah. I vaguely remember that. It was like a thing. Danielle. Danielle. Wow, I haven't talked to her. Shout out, Danielle. I need to call her. (laughs) Um, yeah, but I, I just remember, I don't remember the ASL. I probably would if I was sitting in front of the screen right now back in that time. Remember that, that was, that was third grade. Instead of saying hello, like that was like a ASL. Like yeah. especially on like, on, do you remember ICQ? Was that a thing? ICQ. Back then? Uh, I, I'm sure there are people listening who are like, yes, but uh, <laughs> it's just, a, I don't know what step was specific to my region, you know, it's just like some people were really into MySpace, some people were into Friendster, some people, it was just sort of divided yeah. up in regions, I found. Right. So, because I didn't know about Facebook when it came out until I went to the Northeast and everybody was on Facebook and nobody was on MySpace. I was touring when I, I remember Facebook came out. Um, I don't even know what year that was, but I always take forever to join anything. Really? I, I mean, I haven't been on Instagram for very long. I just sort of discovered that maybe a year ago. Yeah. Or something like that. Um, it's a little late, Angel. I know. Bit, gotta, <laughs> I'm we so, already established you're I not am, an early adopter of things. Yeah. Which I think is okay. I think it's actually become kind of cool to not have those things or to not use them very much for whatever reason. Well, because because we, I, we took the mystery away from everybody. So to have That's mystery is, is now sort of like, oh, what's that dude's deal? 
<laughs> I, I, you know, I, Facebook has been such a game changer for me. Um, it's been really great, but then just over the last couple years, I just feel like it's just be oversaturated with such superficial. Um, yeah. I don't know. I, I, I'd rather. It's another thing about I just want real want to meet real people and see real mm -hmm. anyway they post real photos and everything but i think yeah but it's occasionally it's, can be a little overwhelming it, it worries me like that how much and how we curate our lives through that you know yeah and we only show what we want we, we want to show and we only you know oh that's a great picture <clears throat> i'm gonna post it on facebook and this is exactly. who i am or, or, or do that recreate moment. that moment because i want to take a picture of it or whatever right. like just live in that moment i mean i'm guilty of it too but it's not like i i don't post a lot of stuff that isn't like promotional in nature yeah. and I just have to stick to that. Yeah. So when I'm living life, I, I don't have the, the knee jerk reaction to grab yeah. my phone and document it. Right. So unless, you know, it's like a dog riding a scooter down the road. Yeah. Like, I would be like, it's well, like, okay, you have I've to. got it. I've you got to post that. Right. Uh, I always uh, ask the guest to end the, the show with a, uh, a bad show story. Oh, I have so many. Oh, I love them so much. You can tell as many as you want. So okay. what do you say when somebody asks you what's the worst show you've ever played? <laughs> well, I mean, I've just played a lot of shows to essentially nobody, <laughs> um, especially in the beginning. Of course. And then worst show, like bad show. You mean like vocal? Everything was just bad? Everything Something just went either wrong. like you just couldn't get it together or the venue was just a train wreck or just... It, often my favorite bad show stories are the ones that are where somebody tried to shove music in a place where music doesn't belong, yeah. you know, like in the corner of like a March madness party or something. Oh my gosh. Okay. <laughs> I, let's see. I played a wedding. Can I tell a wedding? Sure. Okay. Um, I played one of my mom's really good friends that she used to teach with um, a wedding when I was 18 and, um, and I was just sort of stuck in the corner. Um, <laughs> during the wedding and she asked me to sing this one specific song it was a fleetwood mac song um i can't remember what the song was. landslide no so <laughs> no <laughs> that'd be weird it was another one uh, anyway so i started Go your playing the song while she was walking down the aisle and then i forgot the words and um is it songbird is that the it was song that was it. yeah i played that songbird. at a wedding before yeah i love that song so but good. i forgot the words and um i really didn't do much playing and rehearsing for this song specifically. Um, and I think that I remember not liking um, the groom. So I didn't really <laughs> care that much. Uh, so I think that I don't remember, I don't remember him treating her very well at a, at at a New Year's wedding? Eve party. No, oh, before, before that. So I think That's that as soon as really I lose funny. respect for someone, I'm just kind of like, you know what? Yeah. I don't really care. And they're, they're, they didn't last either they well, didn't get divorced a year later but anyway i forgot the words and then just sort of strummed along and then i just remember her looking over at me like what are you doing was it a background thing or it was, was more it... of a background thing okay. and then they wanted me to play at the at the reception. reception and i mean i just it was just horrible yeah i i didn't want to be there i just didn't feel great about it and and it wasn't it just wasn't a good experience. People in general don't know where music is supposed to go, specifically with weddings. Yeah. I play a lot of weddings, and I get... I love it when the bride sort of asks me, like, what do you think should go where? And I'm like, okay, tell me the songs you have picked out. 
this doesn't need to be here. There doesn't need to be seven songs. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but like two dumb, you know, whatever. Like, but there's been so many weddings where I'm like, why am I doing this weird thing? People want to dance, but I'm up there playing like, you know, Simon and Garfunkel. I mean, it's right. just like the, people are like, what are you doing? You know, they can't dance to an acoustic guitar. It's just like, know your audience. Know that, you know. Yeah. And so many people are just like, yeah, it'll be fine. You know, and it's their day. They can do whatever they want. But I, you know, but yeah, consult. as an artist up there, it's just like, OK, well, I know. Well, this was awesome. Thank you so much for yeah. coming over and uh, chatting with me for an hour. Angel it Snow. It was great. I loved it. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> and that'll do it for episode 92. If you'd like to hear more of Angel Snow's music, which you absolutely should, uh, you can all her albums are available on iTunes as well as angelsnow.net. You can see where she's playing live. Um, You can also follow her on Twitter at I'm Angel Snow or uh, Angel Snow Music on Facebook. Um, You guys, thank you so much for listening. Uh, I am at Nick Flora on Twitter and Instagram. And the podcast is at WhoWritesPod on Twitter and Instagram, as well as facebook.com slash stuff. Thank you so much for listening uh, for episode 92 in Who Writes This Stuff. I'm Nick Flora. Now go to something creative.